Welcome to Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective podcast, where we meet experts from all walks of life to learn their intrinsic motivation so that they can share it with the world. What do we have in store today? Stay tuned to find out more. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody out there in podcast land. You are in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. Shout out to David that couldn't make the uh, podcast today. And he will be crying in his Kool-Aid and his cereal and his dinner later because we have a world-renowned psychic and medium today. And we are going to talk about a lot of things, I'm sure, in this hour. But we're also going to talk about how uh, our guests can help with loss, grief and disappointment and and this is the anniversary of 9-11 so um, before we get started I do want to take a brief moment of silence and then I'll continue with in, uh, bringing in our guests so if you could just hold for one second okay and so out of Geneva New York as I mentioned world-renowned psychic and medium is going to help us deal with Lost grief and disappointment. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Beth Lynch to the podcast. Welcome, Beth. Well, hello, hello, very much. Thank you for having me here. Yes, yes, and you are in New York, and since this is the anniversary of 9/11, everyone has a 9/11 story, and I would love to know your 9/11 story. Well, you know, my 9/11 story, I think, is uh, pretty interesting, and if I start to go on too long I know you you can stop me but um, you know obviously being in New York um, you know and I think it affected all of us because on a soul level everybody felt that they lost something that day um, and a lot of symbolism in that loss for the world I think so but I re- I have been teaching meditation and practicing meditation for uh, 26 years and I remember there was a meditation group that I would hold and we would meet every Thursday at 7 p.m. Um, like clockwork in this little room that I had in my, out of my house when I worked home. And they would come and we'd squeeze in 17 people in a 12 comfortably room. You know, we were all squeezed in and we would just meditate. And we would, you know, I would guide the meditation. And, and so this particular Thursday we were um, – in meditation um and this one we came out of meditation and we would usually share our experiences so um this particular day this one woman came out and she was very upset she was shaken up she was crying and i said to her well um Bren, you don't have to share if you feel this, if you had a personal experience, if you want to talk to me later or just keep it to yourself. She said, no, I want to share. And I'll tell you, you're, you're going to probably get goosebumps when I say what she saw. She goes, I saw three planes. I saw two crash. I saw thousands of souls going to heaven with Jesus' arms open. But I don't see how thousands of souls can be in two planes or even three because she felt three. She also saw United and American. Now, we took a moment and we blessed what she experienced because we knew it had never happened in history. And we all opened ourselves up to if any way we could ever help. With this vision that she was experiencing, we were all there. And we set that intention. And we proceeded to, you know, finish the evening. All of us were a little shook, I think, but we really didn't know what to do with that information. It was pretty much what I just said. So now fast forward to that 9-11, because this was the Thursday before 9-11. And um, I'm at the gym on the treadmill, and somebody made a comment about somebody just hit the, you know, the trade center or something. And what? And then we, wa- we were watching it, and then, of course, we all saw the second plane. And at that point, I jumped off the treadmill. My husband's calling me. My, I just had a baby. He was an infant. And he's like, get home, you know, and I'm, I'm on my way. And so my phone was ringing when I walked into the house. And he's like, don't answer it now. I go, no, it's my business line. And I answered it, and it was this woman, Brenda, and she was screaming. And, she go- and I went, oh, my God. Well, then we proceeded to, it proceeded to unfold that it was United, it was American. And there's a couple parts of this that I probably should mention. First of all, when you want to, a lot of people have wanted to understand what actually happened. Brenda had come to my classes wanting to develop her intuition. She was very sensitive, and she's actually a practicing medium now um, and has been for many years. And she, basically what happened is we're talking 
you know, energy. She hit the frequency. She hit the frequency and basically it downloaded into her. It didn't make sense. There weren't dates. There weren't plain, you know, she could have made a phone call. She didn't have enough to establish anything, really. You know what I mean? If there was at least even a number, you know, a plain number or something to even make a, an inquiry or someone look at it. But, um, you know, we, we both cried on that phone that day, and I said it wasn't your responsibility. You didn't have enough to go on to do any, anything to stop it. But So when you hit a frequency and you download, every single person has this ability, first of all. Everyone is downloading information all the time energetically with energy fields. But what's very interesting about this is we all lived in South Florida at the time, and we were literally blocks away from where some of those men flying those planes lived. So literally, she hit their frequency of their meeting, we, I would say, and on a science level of this, and downloaded it in to her. You know, it came to her, and she just, obviously, we didn't know what to do with it. And, um, and sadly, we didn't know what to do with it, you know. So it's interesting when, you, when I think of that experience, and it's, it's been with me for many years, and obviously, this is a night where it really resonates, or a day, and with Bren, too, and, and a lot of people in that room that night, we've all thought of it. Um, but we saw thousands of souls go into, and it's not about if you believe in Jesus or Buddha or who, you know, the source of energy. Jesus was a man who taught us about eternal life, which is obviously something I do a lot of, teaching about eternal life and connecting loved ones to spirit. And so it's a very a very sensitive thing, but it's so uh, a powerful learning um, experience for so many of us and many people who do hear this story. Because we're always downloading and we're always connecting to something bigger than us. And some of those things are not always going to be the happy things, you know. And when we believe in something and we believe in eternal life, that can help us. And, you know, it was interesting because she kept saying, I just don't see thousands of souls can fit in two planes. I don't, I don't understand that. And we clearly understood it after the, after the day happened. Sure, sure. Yeah, so, you know, sorry, you asked about my 9-11 story, but there it was. It's pretty powerful for, for a lot of people no. who were there. And, yeah. and I, I think it's appropriate, and, and, and I just want to share one brief story, and this isn't my 9-11 story, but I can relate to it because I was like a degree away. And so since we're talking about uh, working with loss, grief, and disappointment, um, at that time, uh, I live in Atlanta, and so... I was working, or I had was just hired to work for an architecture firm, and the corporate office was in Princeton, so I had to fly up there. And so I get there, and the guy picks me up from the Princeton train station. There's two parking decks, or two parking lots, and one parking lot was full, and one parking lot was empty. And you know, he's gonna take me to the office and dinner and drinks and all whatever, and. He's like, you notice why this parking lot's full and the other one's empty? And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, yeah, well, I don't know. It's the middle of the day. Who knows? And so he's like, yeah, we're going to go to the Princeton University and all this. And by the way, do you know why the, that park we – we wouldn't leave the parking lot yet. And he was like, you know why this parking lot is full and that, that parking lot is empty? I was like, um, no, not really. I'm sure you'll tell me at some point. He was like, no, I just wanted to know if you were paying attention. Now, mind you, this is August 2002, so almost a year later. Okay, and so we're about. He starts the car, and we're about to leave. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, it's not a test or anything, but do you notice how this parking lot is full and the other one is empty? And I said, yeah. And I was like, well, since it's not a test, I'm sure you're going to tell me. He's like, I'm glad you asked. He said, the park, this parking lot is full of everybody that went to work uh, on Wall Street and didn't come home. So less than a year later, or almost a whole year later, the town still was grieving over that large of a loss of 9-11. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. That gave me goosebumps straight up my neck. <laughs> when you said I was getting goosebumps. Give me goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, hold my lot. beer. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? I mean, where's my wine now, you know? But, um, well, you know, and I know, you know, when, when you understand how energy works, it's so... It's a mystical, magical, but it's science, and we feel, and we feel as one, and it's emotional, and, you know, this is a day that represents that as well as, you know, many other days, sadly, in our news that represent that oneness of pain and grief, and, you know, when you believe in eternal life and you believe in something bigger or another side or a higher frequency, you know, vibrational, you know, uh, dimension, 
it helps us as human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, we get more of a sense of security believing that this isn't all there is. You know what I mean? I do anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Well, well, let me ask you the last part, and then we can move on, is with your colleague or student at the time, you know, she's accessing, like you said, all of us can access it. But when you access it, isn't it you're only accessing probability? So, you know, could, there's no way or could hindsight's always twenty twenty. but how do you determine this over another alternate reality happening? Actually, exactly. And you and we and we can't and you know, I don't think we can really know for sure. You know, there were things that could have happened to maybe stop that and made that a different possibility, you know what I mean? Or probably, you know, so yeah, it's there's science behind it, you know, I mean, really, don't you, you know, there is and it's energy and it's emotion and it's science. And yeah, all things are probable and all things are possible. And yeah, and there we go. Law of attraction always working, no matter what way we're looking at it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> what I say, but when, I always say that you, about the law. You know, go ahead. Yeah, it is the law, right? It is the law. But when you when you say science behind it, it, it takes away the spookiness, so that's good. And I wanted to ask you because you have a lot of uh, of experience under your belt, and most people, if they if they're not going through any training, it usually fright, first you know first it's uh, an anomaly, right? Or, oh, it's, it seems like there's this wonder. And then if something like that, what we just talked about was major, you're like, I don't want anything to do with it. So how are you able or how are you able to work with people to refine their, their skill level? Um, a lot of people will come to me because they want to understand it more. And then the understanding, you actually are developing it more because you're going, um, you know, the, the understanding of it opens the intuitive energy to be more trusted. So, you know, when I do that, whether I'm doing a formal class or if I'm doing a channeling for people who have lost loved ones, um, and I deal with a lot of people with suicide and losing children, um, that went, and a lot of that, and, and when they come in and they, they experience that emotion of, you know, their child or their person's personality, and that energy and their own intuition becomes starts to um, like open because that's how they're communicating with them directly anyway then they're creating i don't know i guess that's where i went with this is then they're creating a sense of um trust with their own intuitive nature and it goes from there you know what i mean in your own world so whether you want to be a teacher of it you know clear intention i want to teach i want to do healing i want to channel i always tell people i'm not teaching you how to be a medium i wasn't taught how to be a medium that's just my own personal experience but i will teach you how to trust your intuition i will show you what daily devotion does and that's going to just enhance your ability so whether we are getting a formal training or if we're getting you know more the way i was led into it was just you know through the loss of my parents and them you know coming to me and going to a medium and her telling me I was going to do this and I thought she was crazy but I also <laughs> knew that I knew things I was always considered to be very emotional if not over emotional you know I knew I could see spirits but I didn't know how to explain it to anyone so I was you know raised Catholic so I really didn't want to tell anybody because I thought I'd go to hell <laughs> you know I had to go with all that fear too you know I had to go through that and um and I get it now though so now it doesn't make me angry or it doesn't make me afraid but so when people come and they want to develop it and I you know guide them it's a very natural ability and in life you are experiencing it and then you share where and you help them get to that connector it's just such a natural progression whether it's for us personally or personal professional you know i hope they answered that (laughs) it does because you know we were were talking about no you're doing great (laughs) so we were talking about 9-11 and i believe it was yesterday or monday was Suicide Awareness Day. And mm-hmm. so it was um, important to me for the past three years because I, I dealt with it. And so it was really interesting, and I want to get your take also or your first time that this happened, where you have access to this skill set or your tools or just your natural abilities. And it's it's interesting, I mean, one level to witness something major like a 9-11. It's something else to witness maybe um, some strangers from across town or a state over, but when it happens in your immediate family, 
then like I know I was taken aback for a while and I was like oh man do I, I that's when I really questioned I was happy at one sense because I'm I'm getting this access and communication but it was just the whole personal uh grieving that was going on mm-hmm. so I wanted to get uh, your take as far as knowing versus uh something happening in an immediate family yeah um well the I guess if I'm understanding this question right, when we know, when we, so when we know we can communicate with someone who is in that experience? Yeah, because if it's, yeah, it's like, you know, you watch TV or what have you, or you just know, like you have these inner knowings and you may have ancestors that have come through that you, you know, generations ago that you'd never knew and they're talking mm-hmm. to you. But when, if it's like a brother, sister, cousin, mom, father, then. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. Okay. Um, yeah, I think when you first have your, you know, everyone lose, someone has always had someone who's passed, and the closer it is, the more emotional it is, you know, and it's it's not un, uncommon to hear people reach out to me all the time to tell me that their, you know, three-year-old grandchild is looking at a picture of Papa and knows his name and says they talked to him, but he's been gone for four years, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. how else would they know him? Well, they've experienced them in spirit. So the spirit is, you know, holding the little ones before they come in and, you know, kind of communicating with them. So they're, the children are showing this unbelievable natural ability, and we're seeing it more and more and more. Each generation is more sensitive to it. You know, the 30-somethings uh, were the first wave of highly intuitive psychic children to come in in mass amounts, and that was the indigos. Uh, their vibration was indigo. It was of the throat chakra. It was very open, and I um, so what happens is it's becoming more natural for that. But what we see when people, um, you know, the closer it is to you, the more emotional it's going to feel. You know, I can sit with people, you know, and I'll do a few a day usually, and, you know, their people, it, it takes a lot for me to get emotionally um, reactive by it because I, I shouldn't. I have to be clear for them. But I, I have cried with people and felt it. But when it's your own people, you're more apt to say, is that me? Or is it, am I just imagining that? Or no, that can't be. Because of the grief, which is a lower frequency emotion that we have to experience in the in death. So we ha- it is a trust thing. And I always say, you know, everyone wants to know their purpose. What's my purpose? What's my purpose? And I say, you know, what your purpose is, is to understand that you are a spiritual and a human being. To understand that through your spirit, you are connected to your intuition, to eternal life, to creativity, to compassion. And in that, you will create a beautiful manifestation of of physical expression through your personality via your body with yourself with your your tribe your family your friends your career choice everything so we're so connected in oneness you know what i mean in this oneness and so when they bring their signs and when they bring their things a lot of times they are going to bring things that are emotionally connecting to you you know what i mean and that's how you feel and you trust and that gets i think that's emotional but it's also kind of exciting you know what i mean when you get that sign and you get that sign you just got to start to trust you know we got to trust that we are an energetic expression and, and spirit is the highest frequency we can be in and our spirit will connect us to what eternal life is and so it becomes such a natural thing and that does give you more compassion you know what i mean so it's so unbelievable to me you know just teaching people how to understand the spiritual and the science behind it in the in the natural the really the naturalness of connection of signs of feeling them even in a spiritual way you know what i mean Mm-hmm. through spirit yeah i wanted to get your take on on this because you were saying spirit is a higher vibration and so it's a challenge to come down back down the third dimension you know it's so dense here <laughs> and I, it was it was kind of i mean i think i refined it i mean it's been like i said three years but i noticed when if she if i would get a sign then it would take me back to you know why right so that third dimension and then she would kind of go away but the next over time, she would come, and then I would remember good, remember good times, and I was lighthearted. She'd spend more time, and so mm-hmm. I wanted to wanted to get your take as far as um, not really breaking that or not breaking the connection by keeping a higher level of vibration. 
Okay, that's a good question. When you commit to meditation every day, and the way I explain meditation is mediating between what your thought and perception is and how you respond emotionally. If you break down meditation, that's basically what you're doing, and you're using breath and to slow everything down. So when we do that, we go up in frequency. Our higher frequency is our more intuitive self, our more creative, compassionate self, like I was just saying, but it's key intuitive is very important. And that is a higher frequency. And that is what our spirit really is, which brings us up into when the physical body is not going to be, uh, is not inhabitable anymore. The spirit separates and goes up. So when we're commuting with the loved ones, they are of spirit form. They are in their pure spiritual vibration. So when we are in communication with them, whether you do it through meditation or a blessing, which I kind of call it both, um, I raise my frequency up so I can attune to the people in front of me. Now, it's also raising their frequency up. So in a session, that's creating the space around us for this communication. Now, when you're just doing it for yourself, you're basically doing the same thing. You're going up in vibration. So when you're having the experience with a loved one in spirit, your frequency has gotten higher. Whether you did that naturally, whether you're out in nature just having your own natural moment, your frequency can go up there too. And then they, it's like you're kind of meeting them halfway. But the minute you start to go, you know, or you drop, or maybe your emotions get overwhelming, your frequency drops down. Now, it's not that they're going away. It's that your frequency is coming down. And they, you know, they can't, you know, you, you've actually kind of like turned down the volume, if you will, or made the visual go away if you're a visual person, the vibration. Because these, your visions, when you're getting visions of this, this is based, there is all emotion. Their emotion of the experience, the memory, their own manifestation that you remember is, is creating the visual for you to see. So, you know, when you, when you, so you're up in a higher frequency, you're able to now connect that, connect to it. But the minute you start to drop in frequency, which isn't a bad thing, that's part of being human. You know, um, you drop down and we think they go away, but actually it's us coming down a little and they can't resonate down here for long at all i mean you know you might see orbs people see orbs some people see an outline of a loved one um but you know that's why children see them all the time because their frequency is higher you know (laughs) they're a pure spirit you know and um so they'll say oh you know i see them right there don't you see them and you're wondering where how oh my god you're getting all emotional you know what i mean so you don't see it now does that explain that yeah. It does. And thank you for that. I, I actually wanted to, you said a couple of things, so probably it, it had drawn up a, a number of questions. I was just trying to determine which direction to go. You know, as um, we've been talking, I keep hearing the name Johnny or John. Do you have a John in spirit? I have to say it. I mean, it's like not going away. Not that I want sure, to. Not that I know of, no. Johnny. Yeah. Anyone no. living that someone else might be knocking on our door about? Or uh, you said there's sometimes someone else. Right. Maybe the longer Maybe. we talk, it will get better yeah. clarification. Yeah. I'm um, seeing a guitar. Well, it may be that, okay, so that's a perfect question that I have. So with, with the baby and the baby's looking at grandpa, the baby may not necessarily be looking at grandpa. The baby may be necessarily or maybe looking at uh, a former a spouse or her child or something, because all the roles always change. So how do you determine or what makes the most sense? If we're all connected, then that means uh, with eternal life, you've lived many iterations than you are today. So how do you make the distinction, or is it important to make a distinction? I think if I'm doing it, well, so if if we're going to talk about maybe a child seeing, oh, mommy, don't you see uh, grandpa right there standing, that children is familiar with that grandfather because of the soul connection and they've met them on a spiritual plane before they entered usually, or sometimes they've known them in the physical. But when we go into um, some of the other like avenues of this, like we're past life, um, when you just feel, you know, you, you saw this person and you sense this, um, <laughs> I could give you a great example. I don't share the story with many, but why not? Um, I Go know the it. first time I had a true meditation experience, I was learning meditation at uh, Delphi, uh, a school up in the Georgia mountains, and it's a, an amazing place. And it helped me understand everything that I felt in my whole life about this and, and the confusion right down to the naturalness of spirit and whether it's God or Buddha or whoever you call it, 
source energy. Um, it, it, there's no one avenue with them. They show the whole big energy picture. And that's where I really learned a lot, a lot about understanding it. But I had an experience the very first night when I was one of I can't meditate. I try to meditate. I can't. I try. I try. I try. I said it all the time. I never say that anymore. And and so the first night they were guiding us into meditation and I saw this Indian and he was one hunk of Indian. I mean, he had the long hair, the very, the very traditional looking Native American on a horse and he was handsome. And I remember he shook his head like to get on the horse. And the next thing I know I was on the horse and he took me around the earth and he actually made me feel like I went through my living room and heard my husband yell my name out. And I, cause I was in Georgia and this was in, I was living in Florida, but I, I saw my husband sitting in the chair, yell my name out. And then the next thing I know, he gave me some messages and not to worry and not to, not to doubt what I see. And, and next thing I know, I'm waking up and about 10 minutes had gone by, but I felt mm-hmm. like attracted to him. I, I thought I'm a sick person. I'm attracted <laughs> to my spirit guide, right? I was actually, I go back to the room afterwards and tell the girls, you know, we're, we're had a little dorm room there. I am attracted to myself. I'm going to hell for sure. <laughs> I said. <laughs> well, it ended up over a period of six months and, and actually there a couple more times in meditation. Like I couldn't have said, okay, I'm going to reconnect to him again. You know, it wouldn't happen that way. When I would get up in frequency, he would show himself and show me more. And I, he showed me two little boys and sitting next to a teepee. And said, our second son will return. Well, I was like a not going to have kids woman up until 39 years of age. And at this point, I was 33 or 34. So it still was not even a sparkle in my eye. And I looked mm-hmm. at the two children, and they looked similar to my father's side. But they were little Indian boys just sitting there. And then the one, he said, my second son, second son will return. I said, I don't even have one, but the, they look, my nephew, who I was in his life very much with my sister as a single, she was a single mom for a long time. And so I was like second mom in a way, you know, and, and sometimes she'd have to remind me, you're not his mother. I am. <laughs> so we always had a joke, but I always kind of felt like he was mine and I could never understand why it overwhelmed me so much. I actually mm. knew in that moment. And that second little thing, well, he wasn't coming in. I don't know what that guy was talking about. But (laughs) I was told by a psychic at 22 I would have a child at 40, and he would be a little boy, and he was coming to to help many. I still don't know what that means. He's only 19. He's not helping anyone right now in his own way. Um, But, yeah, at 40 years old, I – my husband decided, why don't we give it a try? And I'm like, are you kidding? We're 40, you know, and (laughs) that little boy. And then he came, but the connection was, it was a past life that I've had. Mm -hmm. And that's why it became so physical for me and emotional and attracting, you know? So there's a, there's some fine line there that, you know, when we think of the Kundalini energy, which is based at the base of the spine and we think of attraction and physical feelings, very interesting little thing than going on there you know and um, mm-hmm. but it helped me understand like at that point I didn't need to understand you know I went through my own personal experiences in meditation it, spontaneously you know I wasn't expecting to have that meditation when it would happen and there he would be and then other people started experiencing him someone would be like giving me a little message or something that you have this Indian and he's around you, and I think you definitely had a past life with him, and he's very protective and watches you. And, I mean, throughout the years, people who knew nothing of that story would bring him through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was crazy. I it. And he, I still feel him. I still, you know, um, I remember once my son said, I never really <laughs> share this with my physical husband. I don't know if he'd get it, but um, I remember when my little boy was, like, two years old, he sat up and started to tell me a story about his that he had his daddy here on earth who he loved very much, but he also had a daddy in the stars and he was, and he was Indian and he said his name. And I laughed because I remember asking him one time, what is your name? You know, when you're in meditation, they say, put out a question. If you're aware, put the question out and just allow, don't even expect an answer. And I remember the answer, Joe came back and I laughed and went, Oh yeah. Indian Joe, right? (laughs) (laughs) I, of course, knocked myself right out of that meditation. (laughs) People brought his name in, and my son did that when he was that little. He said, Joe, and he was Indian, and that's just what he said. And he had no idea. He had no idea. I mean, he was 
two or three. I mean, three. I think he was just about three. That's when a lot of things started happening with my son, um, about three years of age, when I started seeing his the naturalness of this, you know, for him. He's not like any more gifted than any other child, I would say. He's very... Um, he has a lot more knowledge about it because of me, obviously. Um, but, you know, he he's still got to be, you know, normal and 19 and sure. getting speeding. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got to go through it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Go through, yeah. yeah. Well, so anyway, I'm going to go. It, this go isn't one of those hold my beer, but I want to I want to get your take on it. Because like, like you, uh, shout out to my favorite grand aunt Emily and I had gone to my I had gone uh, she had transitioned in 05 and 06 I went to my first um, channeling session and she came through and embarrassed me and she was like stop running the streets chasing after all these girls in a room full of strangers I'm just like beat red like what's going on right and and um, but it was definitely her energy so I definitely respected it and then she was like, yeah, you got two kids, right? They're just sitting here waiting on you. And I was like, kind of like you, like, no, <laughs> what two kids are you talking about, you know? And um, in, in 2019, I still don't. She said a boy and a girl. And right before we got on, I mentioned that I have a twin sister. And in two weeks, my twin sister's daughter is going to have a boy and a girl. Oh, my so God. Like, How cool. They couldn't wait for me because I was just taking too long sitting on my hands. <laughs> and maybe, and also that they'll, they'll probably be very, um, you'll probably be very connected to them. And maybe that, like me sharing that story about my own nephew, you know, I could never really understand it. It was almost overwhelming sometimes that I felt like his mother, like, and I wanted to say, no, do this, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't my <laughs> right. a great mother. There was no reason for me to do that. But, you know, I felt this overwhelmingness at times. And from that moment on with that experience with Joe, my Indian, I never have felt that way. It was just like, I get it now. Wow. When you understand it, that brings peace. And that's a good thing to bring up at this point about understanding this. When you really, when it aligns to you, it starts to come into your personal world, past, past life, present, future, starts to manifest from that sense of place and, and foundation. And that's, you know, very important for us as human beings these days. You know, we live in a very fragile, very vulnerable time. Um, people in separation from their true nature of spirit or higher frequency, you know, vibration is really causing, you know, the world to be, you know, in this disarray. And, and it, it saddens me because it does. But I know that there's a parallel to it and that brings me a lot of peace. Oh, absolutely. If if we don't have the contrast, right, how can we grow? And mm-hmm. so when you were talking about protection and you knew that uh, that it was a, a benevolent spirit, your your spirit guide, how do you determine that it wasn't, or not you, because this was a great experience and thank you for that example, but how do you help others determine if it's benevolent or a succubus or incubus? You... Um you know, I think if it's in a session where I'm teaching or, or channeling, um, it's part of the vibration of the room and what I'm, you know, and the, the natural speaking of it. But it really comes into play when they have their own personal experience. I remember working with this young girl. Her dad was um, murdered. Um, well, she's in her 20s. And I've worked with her a few times um, and he's given her um, interesting things to go by and understand about his death, and it has helped. But she was very, um, she, she was there was a lot of medication involved, which separates you from spirit as well, your own spirit, your natural communication of yourself. A lot of times, there's there's just a fine line with that stuff. So she was on that kind of medication to help her cope with this. Um, you know, and but it was separating her from feeling him. And she says, I just want to feel him. I don't know how you feel him and I want to feel him. And so we would have, we had a few sessions, not just of that. She did some healing work. She stayed true to her meditations. And for a period of, I said, if you meditate for three weeks straight and you just listen to some of the ones I'll share with you and they're on my YouTube and you can just listen to five minute one and 20 minute one, doesn't matter, fall asleep to it, but make the commitment. And she did. And I remember she wrote me and she said, you won't believe it. She goes, I did what you asked me to do. And that's what I did. I asked her to stay committed for three weeks, five days out of seven for three weeks, even at bedtime, 
and try to do one more period throughout the day, a five-minute one or a 10-minute one. And she goes, my dad came to me in a meditation last night, and he sat and spoke with me and told me a lot of things you tell me. <laughs> she, she goes, <laughs> but to hear it from her dad. And she goes, and it felt like it went on and on, but it was really only a few minutes. But I felt him, Beth. She says, I felt him. And that's, I go, and that's all you've asked. You wanted to feel him. And you can't give anyone that experience, but you can give them the tools to create the experience. Because the law of attraction is going to take it from there. Because that law is working no matter what way you're looking at things. It's still, it's bringing it to you, pulling it away, or holding it still. Yeah. You know? And we're not changing how the law works. Yeah, exactly. It'd be nice if we've tried. Uh, Trust me. A powerful law. It's sacred. (laughs) It's science magnetic and it's based on our emotions and period that's how it's going to work and I, I think that's where like you said when it works is and I I've learned this and hopefully people that listen to it, it really start working for me when I let go and so when you were talking about in this last example play it when you go to sleep your your conscious mind is at rest it's not constantly fighting any message that's coming through and you're not arguing with yourself so have you found that to be the same or is this easier when when you are asleep? Um, well, when you're asleep, yeah, again, that logical mind, like you said, will turn off or turn down enough where subconscious can release, but also higher consciousness, higher states of consciousness. You kind of, I think we do both, obviously, I do, because I know the subconscious can heal when we're sleeping, so that means lower frequency emotional patterns that are stored, storing in our body, our cells, our organs, you know, based on our energy first, it's in our energy field first, then it's moving up. It's going up in frequency when we sleep and we heal. So, you know, and if we don't give our uh, the subconscious an opportunity to heal, you know, the subconscious, thank you, Dr. Wayne Dyer, is 85% of the law of attraction. Well, there's a lot of stuff we're creating and we're not even thinking about. Mm-hmm. suppressed emotion, you know, things like that. So when we go into um, conscious meditation where we are doing it to be more aware, yes, I think that's always good. But I always say, look, it's better to do it at bedtime than not at all. I can tell you that, you know. I prefer first thing in the morning, five minutes, just listening to something simple. Um, I have, I love, I'll share it with you. I'll send it to you in your email, and you can share it wherever you want. And it's a link to a five-minute open, uh, open my path. And it's not telling you what you're doing. You're just doing some simple breathing, setting some, a clear intention to be open to for the higher good of your day. And it's basically done in five minutes with breath and intention and my voice. (laughs) And it really is powerful, you know, and I know it's powerful because, you know, I always say meditation should be simple. You know, it really should be. We we shouldn't complicate it, you know, and and we allow. We, We have an intention. We breathe. And I know a lot of people, and then we just allow. And we allow the distractions. You know, allow the dog to bark, allow a door to slam, allow your phone to go off. Don't get mad. Just keep your breath going. You know, it's very, it's very cool. And that attunes you more and gets you more comfortable in that frequency, which is when you can trust them more or your own signs more or your own guidance, you know, for your, do I get the red car or the green car? You know, it's simple. (laughs) Some people stress over things like that. It just amazes me. I say, be glad you can even... Make a choice of getting a car. <laughs> I mean, you know, I feel simplify sometimes you've got to simplify things in your, in your mind. You know, John Lennon said it best, you know, mind games. Yeah. Mind games. We have them. We're, we are thinking. We are a thinking, feeling species, and we create, and that's what we do. We think, feel, and create. And when you, you, know, when you take one of those out of, the, out of the equation, you lose, you know, you can't get to the answer. We have to always think about that. You know, what we think and feel, our perception, plus how we respond with those emotions equals what we're creating in all conditions of all things. That's the law. And we have to honor that. And that makes intuition stronger. That makes us feel that, you know, empathy, which is really a a strong empathy. Don't you love, I mean, I'm sure you've heard it. I'm so empathic. I don't know what to do. I'm like, (laughs) empathy is intuition and that's survival instinct. Don't make it a problem because the law of attraction cannot get in there and change that you're making empathy a problem be glad you feel yeah be be glad you sense 
And if, it's the, if you feel you're sensing the negative, you always have to take the word negative and do this. It's negate of light. Negative mm. is negate of light. There's the science. Think of a positive charge and our consciousness is, you know, there's this whole stream of consciousness. And if we go into negative, we are going into, you know, the abyss of it. And if we go into the positive, we're going into the, you know, the higher frequency and the creation. And it's just a beautiful thing, you know. Let me ask you about that. And I agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I do want to be a little topical because you had triggered me when you said, yeah, you know, we take for granted uh, what car do I pick. You should be happy. You should be able, able to pick a car. And so I wanted to ask you about contracts. Because, you know, there is a saying or law of attraction of 9-11 was that their contract for the, for the earth. And then, to be topical, was that the contract of those that transitioned over the past week in the Bahamas? So mm. what's your take on contracts, destiny, and, and how much control we have over that? You know, that's such a powerful question. And, you know, my mother was killed in a mass transit accident. She was in the Amtrak where only 47 passed, um, but she was one of the 47. And she came to me that night. I awoken at the time of the accident, which I didn't know there had been an accident at that time. And until I, I had a dream that I heard over an intercom, she was dead, literally. And I could see gray walls and people running and just heard, she's dead, and they said her name. And I woke up going, what the heck kind of dream was that? And I saw the clock, and it was 3.15 a.m., and I went back to sleep somehow. And then I woke in the morning, and I'm going to get to the contracts through this. I woke in the morning to bring my little nephew, who I used to think was my son, (laughs) to to pre-K that day. And I turned on the news in the car at 7 a.m., and it was on the news. It's a train crash in the middle of the night. And I went, oh, my God, my dream. Like I had completely forgotten because I was doing, you know, mommy duty, auntie duty. Um, that morning and oh my god I just started shaking and I turned it off because I knew you know I didn't want him to hear he could you know process at that point things like that and grandma used to be on the train all the time to come see him so I didn't want him to get going so I took him to school but I, I felt her I heard her voice tell me she was okay when I was driving the car and I knew that wasn't good so I had a real hard time with the contract thing um, because I'm like my mother did not contract to go on that only one and only train ride to see her aunt and uncle and die. She did. I had a problem with that contract thing. And, and the same thing when we're looking at something like 9-11. But I think, I, I guess I would say I don't know how I really look at it 100%, but I think because of what goes on, everything, you know, we've evolved technically as a species, but we have not evolved equally spiritually. And this is something I actually heard when I asked why, why, why all the time. And I heard it once, and I never asked why again many years ago. And when you evolve technically but not spiritually, we become in the consequence of that, which means we are in the consequence of human behavior. We are in the consequence of the other lower frequency perceptions. We are in the consequence of technology failing us. We also look at this technology, how many people we reach with this podcast, you know, and, and you're doing it all the time. You know, I can do classes online and meditations online all the time, and I do, and in reaching people that would never be with me physically. So technology has evolved also, and it is a good thing. But if we don't use it and respect it as a spiritual, um, it comes from energy and it comes from spirit and it comes from a divine intelligence, then we start to become, we get in alignment with some of the lower frequency things that can happen, and that means human consciousness planning horrific things. And yes, there will always be people that could be part of this. And we know this when we come in, I guess, yeah, I think, that we could be part of something. But I don't, I guess, I just don't know how I feel about, well, it's a plan, you know? I don't know. It's a good question, but it's not, I don't think I'm the one that can answer it. I mean, just like we are at the, the kind of at the mercy of, uh, the you know sometimes I look at the the ocean and you know I'm like is it trying to purge and cleanse and yes we have taken over small little islands that we would years ago probably never thought of being on you know and growing to some level of population but now they are populated you know what right. I mean so now right. we're you know we're in not in the way but we're a part of your words the probability of something. Right. Well, the and, other side of it is when you, you said technology and, and it dumbs you, you know, there's pros and cons, obviously. Um, but another mass, 
transition was when uh, our lower state couldn't recognize, like the animals, they don't have a lower state, right? So animals recognize that this thing that I'm about to tell you is going to happen, and they went to higher ground, to the mountains, mm-hmm. right, or the hills. And we're, st- we're humans are still on the beach. Like, that's odd. Why is the water out for so long? And then the tsunami hits. So That is amazing it, to me. I get what you're saying, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> when animals are, are, are going on their instinct, if humans went on their instinct, I mean, when you, and when you, you know, all you got to do is put on YouTube and you see, like, dogs basically saying words these days or, or <laughs> showing emotion, anim- certain wild animals showing emotion to, a, to another animal, you know, or even humans sometimes, um, ha- they're kind of catching up to us. We got a problem, right. Houston. You know what I mean? <laughs> we got to kind of wake up because we are not evolving consciously into uh, evolving in, in, in the evolution of our consciousness into higher states of awareness and higher purpose as fast as I think the animal kingdom is. I'm sorry, I don't. And they're still instinctive, you know, but that's what you're saying. They are instinctive and they go on that. Right, right. And, and sometimes it's, like you said, it may be a message that you don't want to hear and that's where the logic mind wants to argue. And I know sometimes if I, if I oh, and I, I use an accelerant, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about the accelerant uh, after I tell you the story that you probably relate with. Like you think the whole night has passed by and then you open your eyes and it's between two and five. It just seems like that's the prime time that everyone has our, our, <laughs> our spiritual newscast going on. And I think it's because that's when our, our conscious mind is on vacation or taking a break where we can actually receive those messages. Yes, and, you know, another good thing to point out about that is people who don't sleep and they don't go on sleep and how they can, they can get manic or they can go into depression. They can even mm-hmm. go into psych, psychotic splits. You know, sometimes you see some of these people screaming, I haven't slept for two weeks, and then, the, you know, they go on a little spree that we have to see on the news or something. I mean, that's, it shows how dangerous not sleeping or getting that rest for our little, you know, sabbatical, if you will, two to five. Mm-hmm. We need it. We need it for so many reasons. Yeah. And that, actually that happened with, uh, with my sister um, towards the end. Yeah, she, she wasn't getting any rest, so... Yeah, t- wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Was she um, uh, was she on medicine for something? Uh, she was supposed to, but she wasn't taking it. So, but probably she had been on it before. Um, it's so difficult to kind of imagine because she didn't live here; like she lived in Europe. So, um, mm-hmm. when you have somebody that's near you or across town, you see them all the time, and maybe you may pick up on things. Whereas, um, we pick up on things. No matter the distance, I understand that. But as far as reacting to it in a way, um, I don't know. It's one of those where you like, well, what could I have done differently? There, there isn't anything you could do differently. Mm-hmm. You know? So well, I have a lot of up. information on um, the pharmaceuticals, mostly for depression, anxiety meds, and things like that. I'll send it to you. I think you might find it interesting, being that it seems like it might have been part of this. I keep seeing yeah. a rose. I don't know if that's something that means anything to you with her, but I do keep seeing it. I'm just kind of yep. staring, at, but I'm seeing yeah, the that rose. That's part of our. Thank you. Thanks for the clarification and validation. Uh, that that's in our training and my training. It, it all started with the rose, so it's kind of a, oh. a reminder um, oh, through good. the rose of Christians. Yeah, so give you validation for that as well. Um, thank you. But that that also goes to uh, um, we were talking about suicide earlier. And, and I remember Abraham was, they had some, oh, uh, Robin Williams had transitioned. And so, every, mm-hmm. you know, everyone goes through all the range of emotions from anger and what have you. And they were like, how could a person do that? And then Abraham said it at the time that we all commit suicide on some level, right? They wanted to be as mm-hmm. disrespectful to transition, right? Because we humans think it's so difficult, right? Or we really let go. But it was like, yeah, when you're old and you're fed up with this old body, you want to get rid of it. Like, that's a form of suicide. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a ch- again, you can kind of like, yeah, if you're sitting uh, with your legs crossed having a beverage, ta- just talking about it philosophically, but when it's someone close to your, to your life, um, it's different. And so yeah. I, I, will bring it, I bring it up because you had mentioned 30-somethings was the first wave of indigo children and such. But in that same breath, you also mentioned that suicide is on a rise. So mm-hmm. if they're more spiritually adept, 
why are we having more instances in that the frequency is too low here? And they're like, I got to get the hell up out of here. <laughs> yeah, you tend to, well, you know, Robin Williams and, and you know, I'm glad it's nice, interesting that you said him because Robin Williams in an interview that I, you know, the minute I see a suicide like that, I go pharmaceuticals are involved. And that's because of what I've experienced with my own pharmaceutical experience 30 years ago with only three in my system over a three-day period because I went to an ER hyperventilating. And after the third pill, I said, I am not taking that. It makes me feel too weird. And I threw it away. And 24 hours later, I started to feel weird again, but I had not taken it in 24 hours. And I only had three in me. That's what I was given. I was having an anxiety attack. I didn't even know what that was 30 years ago. I've never had one since. But, um, but I, I literally started to feel weird again. And I was sitting in my apartment and I said, but I haven't taken the medicine. Oh, no, what is this? Well, all of a sudden, I saw myself walk by like a hologram in front of myself once and then back again. And right after that, I heard, get your gun and blow your head off, which actually sounded like my own voice in my head. And I like looked at it and, you know, I said, you know, beep, um, what the heck is that? <laughs> beep is, you know, a bad word. Um, you know, I didn't. That's, I was never having those thoughts. You know what I mean? And then I heard it again and it screamed at me. It screamed in my ear, and I called my friend, and I said, get over here and get my gun out. I had a loaded gun in my house at the time because I used to go shooting. And I said, get over here and get my gun out of my house. And she came flying over. She lived like two doors down. And she what? And by the time she got there, I had heard the voice a third time. It had screamed at me like bloody murder in my head to do that. And, and I started to pray because I – but this was happening in, in a matter of probably 45 seconds. And when she got there, I felt when she got there, and it startled me, I was gazing at the closet. I felt like I was floating toward it. What she mm-hmm. saw was me holding onto the couch, staring at the closet with a death grip. She goes, you were, mm-hmm. my knuckles were white. I was hanging on so tight. I was leaving. I was separating from my body. What, mm-hmm. I, what I call that is pharmaceutical-induced um, yeah. suicidal episode. Now I gave it a name and I wrote a lot about it because what's happening with the medic and Robin Williams spoke of this in an interview and I remember it just shocked me because in an interview that they showed after he had passed, he spoke of a lower power voice that used to tell him to do things. And he was on respectfully, I know through some things I've read, he was on medicine uh, for, you know, he dealt with alcoholism. He was very vocal about this. He, you know, it was written Mm -hmm. about um, but he wasn't, they say he wasn't on it at the time. The thing is, medication stays in your system. And it can right. take anywhere from three to six months to come out if you've someone been on it any long period of time. And so when he spoke of the low, lower power voice, that gave me chills because I had felt that. I knew it, it brought me back to my experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I'm very sensitive to things like this. And I know this is where some people say you should stay in your lane. <laughs> and I'm like, but if you've lived through it and you know, you know what a voice sounds like. And I was someone who never had those thoughts. It wasn't like something I was, I mean, I was trying to make a big decision to move back from LA to back to the East Coast. It was not a suicidal reason. It was just, you know, right. do I move back? I'm never going to afford a house here. <laughs> LA was <very laughs> right. bad. It's much more expensive now. Um, right. So I, you know, went through my own experience with it and then fast forwarding into under, learning about energy and meditation and then having, and then all of a sudden, you know, 15 years of medium, I'm getting all these suicides and they're all showing me a pharmaceutical bottle mm-hmm. and a Picasso pit. And all of a sudden, I'm getting this bombardment of that kind of thing. I don't think it's a coincidence. We are talking now. So I, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So Well, let me personally validate you. I have to personally validate you, Beth, because it's one of those uh, probabilities where you wake up and you have plans for the day. And sometimes it turns out the way you hoped. and Sometimes it turns out better than you hoped. And in my training, we learned about the rose because the rose is a protection. And so when my sister came through during the talk and you saw the rose, it was kind of preparing me for what you just said because it was pharmaceutical induced, pharmaceutically induced. And it was a lot of those, it was a lot of those thoughts uh, that she shared with my twin sister uh, beforehand. And so it was one of those, I, I think also for us to say this, it's, if you're, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the news, and maybe it's just our awareness now or my awareness, but you, it, when you should check on people because um, sometimes, like for us, we kind of looked at it as we're going to be 80 years old and she's going to be complaining about it's partly cloudy instead of partly sunny, and then you kind of used to that. 
But then um, something like this happens, and then if, if they're on some kind of pharmaceuticals, like you're saying, it's accelerated. And if you're used to them always kind of downtrodden, you kind of dismiss it. And so you may not see. So hopefully this podcast and people listening may see an additional sign that would make them want to check in with whomever is going through that. Yeah. So, and I mean, so and I look at mine, and I had no signs. Nobody could have ever seen a sign. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wasn't depressed. I had an anxiety mm-hmm. attack. I was battling back and forth. Do I move back east? Do I stay west? Do I eat? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it was like stupid stuff. I was the, I had a boyfriend who was an idiot. You know what I mean? I mean, there was like <laughs> normal things going on, you know, that you, yeah. that you cope with. And I hyperventilated, which brought me to the ER, which gave me, is why I got the, the medicine. And she mm-hmm. said to me, I remember they said, well, take it for the five days and go to your doctor. You can get more. I'm like, I don't even like take aspirin. But I didn't want to mm-hmm. not breathe again. And that's what scared me. So I, in my brain, went, well, I'm going to take the five days worth. And then I won't do it again because I just don't want to not breathe. But then I took it twice. And I, I feel weird. This stuff makes me feel weird, disconnected mm-hmm. and so I'm going to definitely send you my information on this, my article. I'll send you even a copy of my ebook, which I do have on my website as well. Um, and, you know, it's all on this. It's basically called Meditation Versus Medication, the pharmaceutical, side effect, the pharmaceutical effect on mind, body, spirit, because that's the missing link. It drops the frequency so low in the human energy field that the spirit, you are, so, you are completely unplugged. And when we are completely unplugged, we are a thinking, feeling being with no source of energy connecting us to higher vibration or spirit or the divine self. You can call it what you want. And that makes us zombie. Yeah. You, don't, you can't think it out. You're not doing it to do it. And then there's the long-term ones where you see mass shootings where you'll, they'll, you'll hear it come out. Well, they were being treated for mental illness. They had just you know, gotten a new medication. You see that a lot. You see, I see mm-hmm. it a lot because I look for it. And, you know, boom. Mm-hmm. And the thing is to me, families deserve to understand their loved ones. Didn't, they didn't miss anything. You know, they didn't miss something that they should have missed. My, if I had achieved that that day, my family never would have understood why. There would have right. been no why was she depressed? Why didn't she reach out? Because I wasn't depressed. <laughs> right, right. You know? Absolutely. I, I know. thank we you so much. Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I knew the hour was going to shoot by. I don't want to. I don't want to break the the our connection just yet. If you don't mind, I just have one oh, last no, question. I'm fine. Oh, perfect. A- along those lines, you know, we're talking about anxiety and anxiety um, medicine, but I wanted to get your take because we're talking about this connection. And so there's this huge opioid crisis that's going on, and I wanted to get, I'm sure it's a degree away from what we're talking about, but I wanted to, to at least speak on that. Yeah. Um, you know, what I've learned from the spirit world, and that's, I think, the problem with, I think, a lot of big media who have reached out to me about some of my comments on Twitter and stuff about pharmaceuticals and, and uh, suicides and shootings and stuff and blah, blah, blah. But um, when many, and I don't want to say all, but many young people, who start getting into those drugs. Now there are the ones that were on a sports, had a sports injury and got on the opiates. I get a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them, can I say the brand? I don't know if I should say it. Are on no, medicine. don't say the, don't say the brand. <laughs> yeah. For focus, concentration, and uh-huh. things like that at a young age. And what happens is you're teaching the free, you're, you're, you know, the law of attraction still working, right? No matter how old mm-hmm. we are and what we understand about it. So you're teaching basically use drug for your emotional your emotions or to be smarter or to be able to focus so you know you see where we're teaching it and i feel bad for parents whose children who have i sit in front of many parents who've lost a child now in their 20s or or teens even 30s and they were children put on medication at a young age or on and off medication And then they got in their 20s and they didn't like it anymore. They didn't want to take it anymore. So Mm -hmm. it's a gateway. That's the gateway. Yeah. That's how I look at it. And I've seen thousands of cases now. I wish I documented more professionally. But, I mean, I have many people I work with, and I get a lot of people um, who now are getting, you know, meditation raises frequency, medication some of many of those will drop frequency and it's separating people from their higher vibration. It's dropping their vibration in their energy field. That's the spiritual science of it. 
and we cannot be separate from that source. I was going to ask you, in, in an ideal world, right, we all sing kumbaya and hold hands, do you think that the the medical community will ever extend an olive branch to the alternative community to just explore other alternatives? I think the olive branch is probably extended. I don't know how far they feel they can go with it. I had a young a 20-something come to me today, and I worked with her and did some meditation with her. And I've, I've known her since she was in high school, and it's been probably six years now. And she actually had a therapist tell her to, the other day, I can't treat you unless you go on medication. And she said, but I don't want to be on medication. I mean, this girl lost her father to that, um, you know, pharmaceutical-induced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she's very aware. And she says when she has been put on it by doctors, she feels suicidal, and that's why she doesn't want to be on it. And she had a therapist, and she waited way too long to come see me, and I told her that. She goes, well, that's, I said, honey, you can reach out to me privately. You know, I'll get you in. I've worked with her as a child, a young kid, so the counselors actually brought her to me to help her with meditation in the school when I was at the school, and I still am. But she, um, you know, to see a young person um, in tears, and a therapist turned her away because she wouldn't go on medicine. And he actually twice, she tried to see him. And she goes, I don't need medicine. I need someone to talk to. She goes, I need someone to help me. She goes, and I know I should be meditating and I'm going to get back to it. And so we got, I got her back on track today. You know what I mean? And that's what I can offer. You know, I can't say, but I, I have a couple of therapists that I do have. If I have a case that comes to me that I feel they really need to go to that, yes, I will gladly send them. And I know that medicine would be their absolute last resort, which is what people coming to me don't want that. Right. And because they feel intuitively that it already hasn't worked, it made them worse, or they've lost friends and other people because of it. Oh, mm-hmm. I know it's such a sensitive issue. And it is I it's it is. Together with the understanding of spiritual and science, you know, and frequency, then, you know, then guess what would happen? We might nip this, you know, right. we might nip right. this. We got to start with our schools, you know, meditation rooms, diffusing. You can go to YouTube. Inner city schools have been using meditation and, and mindfulness for their students. And there are results that are amazing. In mindfulness, yes. a few moments, go over the loudspeaker, get everybody to chill out and let go of their stuff. You know, I mean, you can keep it simple. <laughs> you can't use right. meditation for religious purposes sometimes. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> you know, get, get me going on that. <laughs> and and I, I like the fact that even Abraham always talks about you don't have to croak, you know, to be disrespectful to the death experience, to experience the bliss. So. You know, just the fact that my sister came through and the rose and all that, everything's okay, but it didn't necessarily have to go to that level. And Did she like to chew gum a lot? I keep getting this gum chewing, and it was well, earlier, too. Maybe like I was a little a kid, you know. Yeah, like yeah back the, in the elementary school. And, <laughs> I mean, it was the bubble, I saw it a while ago, and just as you were saying it, it was like, na 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 and I was like seeing this, you know, youngness <laughs> in the gum chew and a jump rope, too, I saw. So I did see it very yeah. quickly. Definitely, yeah. definitely earlier. And some people yeah. say, well, everybody jump ropes. Well, you know what? I didn't because I couldn't. So, no, not everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to channel into anybody if they want to talk to me afterwards, you know, because I couldn't jump rope. I was uncoordinated. <laughs> <laughs> I know people would be highly upset with me, Beth, if I didn't give you the opportunity to give out your website and your socials so they can get in touch with you. You have events coming up, and I have, to, I have to remind you guys, when you get in touch with her, she won't teach you how to jump rope. She might not be able to help you in that department, but outside of jump roping, <laughs> please uh, leave your, yeah. your, your website and, and everything, in your upcoming events. I saw you have an event in thank the next you. couple of weeks. Yep. Yeah, thank you. I have, uh, yeah, my website is innerlightteaching.com, pretty much, pretty simple, innerlightteaching.com. My YouTube channel is very easy, youtube.com slash Beth Lynch 444. So if you want to go to YouTube, I have podcasts, I have meditations on there. Every podcast has a meditation. Um, And like I said, Beth Lynch 444, and that's angels, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, fours are angels, so now you'll see them and know they're around you. And um, I have an October event coming up, a four Thursday night event. 7 p.m. Eastern, where I'm doing a journey to light within. It's a meditation program, and I'll be doing that through Zoom. So you'll have each session recorded, and all the information is on um, the website, or you can reach out to me through the website, and I can get you registered. So that's there. And then I have a yeah a big event here in Seneca Falls 
New York. Um, it's a gallery channeling where I talk about spirit and then explain how it works. And I like people to understand that even in my private sessions, which I do do remote sessions all the time uh, through Zoom or Skype. Um, they also you learn. Um, I like to always educate you a little bit before to how to understand it, to show you how natural it is. And then away we go with roses and uh, jump ropes and <laughs> all the fun stuff yeah. they love to show to make you think that's what they're showing me. Yeah, you know, because it's emotion. Yeah, it's cool. Yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Well, I thank you, you have for just... having me. I've enjoyed work, uh, you know chatting with you. So hopefully, again, we'll do it again in the future. I don't know. I'll just invite myself over. How's that? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I was thinking October because that is when the veil is super thin around Halloween. So maybe we'll see Ooh. Courtney Adams. So well, that reach might out to me. I'd love to do it. Love to. Yes, yes. Well, you've been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. Beth, it was a pleasure. Let's definitely stay in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I love that show. He's such a cool guy. Thanks again for checking out another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective podcast. Please check us out on our website at intrinsicmotivation.life where you can click on the speak pipe button and leave any suggestions for a future podcast that you'd like us to cover. Also check us out on our social media sites. We have a YouTube channel, Facebook page, iTunes podcast, in addition to Stitcher and Google Play, all under Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. Check you out next time. Have a great day.